Good morning, Lydia House. Welcome. Welcome this Sunday to church. This is a great fall day, a little crisp, but it, it's, it's a great day, and I welcome everyone here this morning. Uh, the Lord gave me Leviticus 20, which is a long passage, so I'm just going to paraphrase it. Basically, the Lord is saying to Moses, uh, don't sacrifice your children to idols. Don't kill them is what it is. Don't sacrifice your children to idols. Don't be partakers in that sin. And then he goes on and he talks about sexual sin and spiritism, not to be a part of this, but that he detests and hates these things. And then in Psalms 103, verse 10, he says, he has not dealt with us after our sins, which I just mentioned out of Leviticus nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great are his mercy, who reverently worship and fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has mm. he removed our transgressions from us. Heavenly Father, Thanks. we know that we have sinned. We know, Lord, in what, whatever we have done, whatever our family has done, whatever our city has done, whatever our state has done, mm. whatever our nation has done, Lord, we ask you to forgive us. Forgive us for these sins, Lord. Forgive us for not keeping you on the throne of our lives, at the center of our hearts. Lord, forgive us and cleanse us and remove our sin as far as the east is from the west. Because we were made in your image, made in the image of God. That's why it is so detestable. We are made in your image, Lord, and you set up the first family. This was the first thing you did in the Garden of Eden was set up family, a husband, and a wife and told them to be abundant and multiply. Lord, you set these things in motion and nothing can stand against what you have set in motion. And we thank you, Lord, for that. We praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord, that you do forgive. You are gracious and you are just and you are holy. And we thank you, Lord, that we can live in the awesomeness that is your forgiveness, that your light shines just as this country shines as a city on a hill, Lord. Yeah. So we shine the light of Christ for all to see that Jesus, your son, has come and shed his blood for us. And that blood covers us in the name of Jesus. And we ask you, Lord, this morning to bless Lydia House, to bless the worship this morning and the word this morning, to make it alive in our hearts and that your spirit would rise up, Lord, and make a difference in each of our lives and in the lives of our nation. In Jesus' name, in his holy name, we pray. Amen and amen. a forgiving God because we have a gracious God. 
as she used in her prayer. He is a God of grace. I didn't learn this song growing up. It's not in the Lutheran hymnal, but I learned it when I got to Dallas Seminary and sang it in harmony with 400 men. (laughs) We don't have 400 here today, but we've got a good group. And I hope if you don't know it, if you haven't learned it before, that uh, you'll learn it by the time we sung three verses of it. We'll sing the verse, then the chorus, and the second verse in the chorus. Here's how it goes. Sing it with me. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured, there is where the blood of the Lamb was spilled. Margaret singing along with that song. They don't even need a lyric sheet. They can just sing along. Praise God. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. And hi to everybody. Welcome back to Chris, Alex, fresh off the boat, so to speak. Um, And Brett and Audrey, hi. I haven't seen you guys since I got back, so hi. Good to see you. And Alexander, great to have you here. And Mike, right? Mike, welcome. Love to have you with us. Thanks for being here. And a couple quick announcements. Um, offering kind of works like it always has. Giving's online. We have an offering box around here somewhere, too. Um, we have masks if you need them. Um, starting whenever we are inside, masks are going to be mandatory. Oh, hi, Kara. I didn't see you back there. 
<laughs> You're blending in with the fall foliage so beautifully. And hi to everybody else. Nobody feel left out, okay? Hi, everyone. Good to see you all. Um, starting when we're meeting inside, masks are going to be required. Um, and so we all get to look like bandits and train robbers. I was just talking to Alex <laughs> earlier. That's the great thing about wearing masks, right? It's kind of role play. Um, and I don't know when we're going to start meeting inside, but it could be soon. It's getting a little chilly. Um, quick straw poll. What do, you, what do you think of the temperature right now? Is this... Too cold for sure. Is Perfect. this all right? We understand it's a weird time of year, or is it like the best thing you've ever experienced? I'm towards the last one personally, but does anyone think this is like way too cold? We should start moving inside soon. Okay, all right. Okay. We also have a heater. We do have a stand-up heater that we can start bringing out and setting up. I don't know. We can set up a heating zone somewhere for those who want to be a little warmer. And yeah, so we'll just play it by ear. I'm thinking, you know, 35 degrees is probably the cutoff. Somewhere around there. Um, could I have Ruth come out here for a minute? This is, a, I'm surprising her. Could I have Ruth do it, come out here for a minute? Um, I just want to honor, you know, we all serve Lydia House and serve the church in one way or another from time to time. But there are a number of people who have been serving extra hard and two of those people include Tim and Ruth. Tim is back here running the show. And Ruth is up here. She's in with CJ, so you don't see her. They're, they're the behind the scenes on the catwalk, except it's not a catwalk, um, folks. And so we want to thank you guys and honor you guys just for all the service you've been doing behind the scenes. Nobody sees you. Literally, in your case, no one sees you. Um, and so we just want to thank you so much. <laughs> they're, they're monitoring all of us. Uh, yeah, none of that. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys. All right, let's worship the Lord. I feel like praying again, so let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this beautiful day, and we thank you that we can still gather together. And we thank you for the fact that we have to wear masks, because we give thanks in all things. Amen? And we think of those who are less fortunate right now, Think of folks in Uganda who've had a tough time lately and all throughout, honestly, the two-thirds world who are really struggling from this lockdown that has been going on for a few months and famine is threatening at the door. And so, Father God, we pray that you would move in power in these places who need you so desperately. And as we enter into worship now and continue to worship you, we just give you everything on our hearts, everything in our minds. We set those things up on the altar, Lord, to you, and we ask that you'd help us to focus on you now and love you with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, he is my song. You are good, good. Oh, 
inside my sails, the anchor in the waves. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days. Oh, he is my song. You are good, good. Oh.
Eternally, endless glory I will bring. surrounding me let it break at your name still call the sea to still the rage in me to still every wave at your name Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus silence fear Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus breathe call these bones to live call these lungs to sing once again I will praise Jesus Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, your name is the light that the shadows can't deny. Your name shadows can't deny your name cannot be overcome your name is a light forever lifted high your name cannot be overcome Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Tremble, Jesus, Jesus, 
that you need, just reach out your hands to the Lord right now. If you have a miracle that you need in your life or you need for someone else, if you need to be healed, just reach out to the Lord right now. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who moves supernaturally. We receive those miracles in our life. We receive your favor. We thank you that by your wounds we are healed. So be healed in Jesus' name. Keep pressing in until you receive that miracle, whatever it is that you're trying to walk into. Don't give up. Be persistent. Every time Jesus teaches about prayer, the lesson is persistence. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Help us, Lord. We want to try something two or three times and then stop. I pray that you would help us to persevere in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to, Steve, you can go grab your friend if you want. Um, I do first want to pray for Audrey, if that's okay. Can we pray for you? Um, something's going to be happening tomorrow evening. Anybody want to take a guess? <laughs> You're not going to guess. It involves water. And it's something Christians have done since the dawn. 
Baptism. Good guess, Naomi. Audrey is going to be baptized. What do you say, folks? That is awesome and fun and exciting. Um, so we want to pray for her and bless her uh, during this time. Did you want to share anything about that, Father? No? Okay. So let's just all stretch out a hand towards her. You know, there is no time or distance in the spirit. God is omnipresent, which means distance doesn't matter. And so we lay hands on her through Brent, and we pray for her. Um, I'd like a couple people to pray out, so I can um, run the mic around if you want to pray. Before you left um, to go back to your Father in heaven, you commanded the disciples to um, to teach and baptize in your name, um, and you will be with us even to the end of the age. And so I pray, Father, that um, she would really um, understand what that means. Um, I remember my baptism, God, knowing that I was going to be dead with Christ, but alive in Christ. It's through... It's through um, through crucifixion that we come to life. That's why Jesus taught us to pick up our cross and follow him. And the image of that is baptism. And I just pray that she would really know the peace that surpasses all understanding through that as well, that that peace would guard her heart and her mind in Christ Jesus, knowing that when she, she goes under the water, that's a representation of when she physically dies. And it's also a representation of when you physically died for us and were put in that tomb. And then the, the immersion, when she comes up from the water, that she knows that through her faith in Jesus, that she is saved. And that just as Jesus Christ, by the glory of your Holy Spirit, Abba Father, was raised from the dead, so Audrey will be raised from the dead at the last day. And so will all who believe in Jesus. So we thank you that we thank you for that faith that you have given her in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So, did you have something, Karen? No. I just had a short prayer. Sure. Uh, thank you, Lord. We have enjoyed so much having Audrey in our women's prayer group, mm -hmm. and she's a powerful prayer warrior. And uh, Lord, we already see your strong light that is within her heart and within her life and uh, how she prays for people. And we are so encouraged by her life. And we pray that you'd continue uh, the life-giving light that you have put within her that will shine uh, to others. In Jesus' name, amen. And, uh Father, we know Audrey has been walking with you for a long time, but she wanted to have that experience of baptism to remember, and I pray that she would always have that with her, that it would be so strong in her mind that every time she washes her face or jumps in a lake or a pool, that she would remember that baptism. Lord, I pray that she would think of it often, that she would remember that she, the old Audrey is gone. And she has been made new, a new creation in you, risen to life with you. 
We thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you for her, for her family. We thank you that you have brought her into your family so that we can all be brothers and sisters in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, kids, if you want to come up, you can grab a chair. Ducky would like to say a few words or quack a few words. Could you take that? All right. So, yeah, come on up. You can, you can stand or sit or it doesn't matter. Yeah, as long as we can all see you. I want to see you too. Oh, we got more back here. That's the way to go. Why do we wear a mask? Yeah. Ducky's wearing a mask. He doesn't want to spread any germs. That's all you guys are the fault. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's, he doesn't do anything to yeah, spread anything. That's right. Ah, that's right. I never catch a cold. Never catch a cold. Except when you do. I know, except when I do. <laughs> then he catches a cold. You give it to me. Yeah, I think I give it to you. Anyway, today we talked about what? Getting water on us, right? Going swimming, I love it. Yeah, swimming, yeah. Well, we talked about baptism. You know what baptism is? Yeah, becoming part of God's family. And the water is proof of that. How many people like to jump and play in water and swim? Wow. All right, oh, look yeah. at all those people. I love it. I love it, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to have a mask on, really. You're, you're the only one that's exempt. Very much. Okay. <laughs> anyway, once I baptized a guy, he came from Japan and he said, I love to go to the Rockies and I want to be baptized there. Really? Then I brought him way up into the Rocky Mountains in Montana and we got in a lake and everybody that came with us, only five people. Well, there were about seven. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was so far, not many people from the church could make it. They got tired walking. Yeah. And, but we all got in the water and I baptized him in the lake. In the lake. In the lake. And you know what he said to me? This is wonderful. Can I go swimming in it now? Wow! <laughs> yes, I said, of course. And I said, that's the first time, Paul, that I ever gave a baptism. And we all went swimming in the baptism box. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Right. Well, come tomorrow and you can go swimming. That's right. Come tomorrow. She's going to be in a lake. That's wonderful. Let's all go there and go swimming afterwards. Lake Johanna. <laughs> yeah, can I come too? Well, I don't know, but I would love to go. Lake and Johanna. What, what time is it? Oh, you're serious, huh? Yeah, I want to be there. What time? He wants to know what 30. time. 6.30. 6.30 a.m.? No, p.m. Come on now. Who's up at 6.30? I am. Yeah, you are. I'm always up. Anyway, today we're going to talk about not just water, but races. Anybody been in a race before? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Once I was in a race, and no jitty, mom and dad and Karen. Yep. And um, I think it was Paul Davidson. I beat him by just a nick. Just a nick. Yeah. And you know what he said? What? He said, I wasn't running my fastest. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, huh? Well, what do you say to him? Well, you know, I didn't know what to say. I was just so flabbergasted. But I thought afterwards, oh, you know what? It would have been a great comeback line. He says, I wasn't running my fastest. You know what I should have said? Well, neither was I. <laughs> that would have been the retort, right? 
you're too nice. That, thank you. I was trying to be nice. But once, I love swimming. You know that, right? Right. And uh, I was swimming for my college uh, team, St. Olaf. Yeah. And it was my first meet, okay? And uh, coach said, Ludio, get in the pool. You're going to do the next race. What was that? I said, but coach, that's the 10,000 yard. Whoa! 10,000 yards. How far is that? Anybody know? 40 miles. Well, it's, I think it's about 5.678. Well, that was fast. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, it's a long ways, believe me. And uh, so I got in there, and guess what? What? I came in third. Whoa! My first time. Yay! Don't clap for him! <laughs> don't clap for him. He's not telling you the whole story. Oh, come on, Ducky, don't tell. Give it away. I, oh, you give it away then. Okay. How many people were there? Just three! <laughs> so, so I, came, I always like to say I came in third. You came in last! Oh, thanks a lot, Ducky. Yeah, I came in last, and you know what? I, I had never done that race, and I was so tired. I just thought, oh. I've got to finish. I've got to finish. And the other two were good. They were done. They were sitting by, sipping the martini. No, they can't do that. No, they were sipping drinks and watching us. And when I finished, guess what? Everybody clapped? Yeah, I got a bigger clap than anybody else. Oh. <laughs> they just were glad that they didn't have to wait any longer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But that happens, doesn't it? And uh, life is like a race, isn't it? There's a lot of hard things that we have to go through. Like that race. Yeah, like that race. I thought I was going to die. But life has all kinds of races and different kinds of races for different people, right? And even ourselves, at different times in our lives, we have different things that God calls us to race through. And what do we say? Help me! Help me, right. Or we say, make it easier. Make it easier, right. Uh, Where's the car? <laughs> Where's the car? <laughs> we, we, we want life to be sitting in the back of a big stretch limo, you know, people waiting on us, right? But that's not what the Lord says. He says, no, I want you to get out there and run. Because number one, it's good for you. It trains you spiritually, physically, and mentally. This is what life is about. I don't like it. I know, none of us like it but it's what we have to do. What are some of the things, can you think, all you guys, what are some of the races that you have been through or you're being called to uh, at this time? I get, I get lonely. You get lonely. Stuck in the box all day. Stuck in the box all day, yeah. I used to be afraid of the dark. You used to be afraid of the dark. I remember you kept wanting me to get you a nightlight. I know. But, uh, you couldn't do it, why not? Fire code. Fire code, I know. <laughs> so, we couldn't get you nightlight. But I got over it. Jesus helped me. Jesus helped me, yeah. That's right. And uh, your brother. My brother, that's right. He said, Jesus holds my hand and he never lets go. Isn't that real tight? And he never lets go. Yeah. Uncle Mark. That's right. Mm -hmm. So and uh, so that's what through the race, he will hold our hand, but he doesn't make it easier all the time. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. We got to keep going. So what if during your race, Ducky, whether it be on land or sea, I did this. Can I get a volunteer to help me? Okay, Bella. Okay, I got something here. 
Uh, can you pull this out? And uh, Kaylee, can you pull this out? Okay, bring it up here and put it around his neck. What? No. <laughs> what are you doing that for? Well, it's because that's what everybody does, right, Paul? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody loves to do this, right? <laughs> oh, okay, now, Ducky, run the race. I can't even see. I know. Okay, here we go. All right. Now, Ducky, what if we said run? I'm getting strangled. <laughs> okay. I can't run. I don't have legs. I, yeah, that's right. doesn't have legs. Well, what if we told you to swim in the water? I would sink. You would sink. Look at this. What is that? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what it is. One of them is sin, and one of them is what? Anybody? Wait, right. And what does the Bible say when we are running the race? Run with endurance, but cast off every what? Weight and sin that besets us. Yes. All right, Dougie. So let's cast this off. That, which one is that? That's a weight, I'll tell you that much. That's right. And maybe this one can be sin, all right? Sin, weight and sin that besets us. There we go. How's that? Wow. All right, give a clap Good for that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you feel much better. And you know what? That's what we need to do. Everybody, now your assignment is to think, what is my weight and what is my sin? And throw it off. And the rest is up to, <laughs> to tell us how to do that. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye, Ducky. Bye-bye. Paul, thank you for the Thanks. words that you've given him to share huh? with us. Those and are yours. Help us so you to can have them back. Listen. Well, I'll just put them right despite here. Despite the breeze. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay, you do. He really set me up. You'll find that out when I preach. Yeah, we can do that. Let's pray for Kara. She'll be around until November, but she's moving to Colorado. So we bless these last couple months when she is here and then bless this uh, transition where she will be going to Colorado. We pray that this would be a, a, a fresh start, another wonderful start. We've loved having her here, and we know that you will uh, introduce her to friends and people that can stand with her there. Thank you that she remains strong in Jesus Christ. Amen. Father God, we pray that you would give her friends and a community and a church, people that she can live her life with and walk together with as she follows after you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to pass out this paper and pens. I want you all to have it. Whether you take notes in the sermon, I'm going to ask you to do something afterwards. So... Everybody get some. So when you think of how the Christian life is described in the scriptures, is it ever described as uh, a picnic? Anybody remember any scriptures about being on a picnic? 
about how, what about a party? Is it ever described as a party? Once we get to heaven, there's feasting. There, when you get to heaven, that's, that's when the party begins. That's when the picnic starts. On this side, what, think of some pictures of how the scriptures describe our life. The picture that Jesus gave, he told the disciples and others, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And that wasn't a physical cross, it was for Jesus, but it was a cross. That was a picture of the life of a disciple of Jesus. And when they thought of cross, they didn't think of jewelry. What did they think of? The worst form of torture. The Romans invented it. It was torture. And Jesus shared that. Peter was so overcome by what he said that he literally took Jesus aside and said, this will never happen to you. Did Peter ever do that again? He never did that again. Because Jesus said something as strong as he possibly could say to Peter. In response to Peter's thinking that the Christian life was something easy, something nice, something fun, Jesus said, Satan. It's Satan who will tell us that it's easy, it's fun, it's enjoyable. Jesus endured the cross. He did not enjoy the cross. What are some other pictures that we get? He mentioned one. Ducky mentioned one today. It's a run. Is it a sprint? It says run with endurance or run with perseverance. You don't run a sprint with endurance or perseverance. You run it with explosive speed. You burst out of the blocks. You don't have blocks when you run a marathon. You don't start. It's not the start. It's the finish. Anybody run? Any, 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 we got some, okay, we got three who've run marathons. My hand is up too. In fact, I asked Karen's uh, dad if I could marry her while I was on a run in California, a marathon. I ran three, and the second one, I did a stupid thing. You don't ever, you don't stop when you're running a marathon. At 18, 18 miles, I sat down. I wasn't in good shape, shouldn't have been running. I ran it. I thought of 10 things I'd rather be doing. <laughs> I got up, I finished the last eight miles. I didn't have a good time. Dumb thing, I, I shouldn't have run it. It's described as a, as a fight. He calls it a fight. I have fought the good fight. It's a wrestling. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But do we wrestle? Absolutely we wrestle. Anybody, any wrestlers? Anybody uh, done any wrestling? Raise your hand if you're in any wrestlers here. Not in school, but I... Okay. We, oh, yeah, you were a wrestler. I'm not a wrestler. I, I did athletics, but I didn't do wrestling. Except one time, Luther, my good buddy in California, was a wrestler. He was a state champion. And he was wrestling the high school kids in our, in our uh, high school group. They wanted to take him on, so one at a time he took him on. One guy did okay. And then they said, Paul, you wrestle him. 
because they knew I was kind of an athlete. And that was a mistake. <laughs> you don't mess with wrestlers. You don't mess with them. Uh, I thought I had a chance because I worked out. and I, I, He played with me. And then when he decided to, he pinned me. He just put me down. We wrestle. When you're wrestling, you're, you're using every, it feels like every muscle in your body is working. That's what we're doing here in the Christian life. We're in a wrestling. And the one that we're going to talk about today is we're running. And when you run a marathon, that's 26.2 miles, you better be ready for that. We had a guy in our church who decided to run the marathon after two months of working out. He didn't have 26 miles in his legs. He didn't finish the race. So whenever the scriptures talk about what we're doing, they don't call it a party. They don't call it a picnic. It's something that it, you exert everything you've got. So with that in mind, listen to this scripture. You know it well. Therefore, since we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, who are those people? It's people who have run the race, people who finished the race, people who didn't give up, people who ran the race. Let us Yeah, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us and let us run with endurance. It also says perseverance another. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I once was watching the Olympics and I wanted to run the I wanted to watch the 100 meter race. I stepped out for a moment, came back. I missed it. <laughs> I missed the 100 meter race. You're not going to miss a marathon. You step out. It's going to go if they're canyons, it'll go for 2 hours. If they're not canyons, it'll go for 2 hours and 10 seconds, 10 minutes or more. Uh, you're not going to miss a marathon. But you better be ready for it. You better be ready to run with endurance, looking unto Jesus, it says. The author and finisher, finisher, oh, he finished, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Now, he didn't have joy at the cross. He endured the cross. He didn't enjoy the cross. It wasn't fun. It wasn't exciting. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down. He's seated. Why did he, why did he sit down? Because he finished. We don't sit down until we finish the race. We're in the race. And so I want to say four things about this. Thank you, Ducky, for helping us get started here. I want to say four things about this passage. First, remember those who have finished. And today I want to remember 
two groups. First of all, there's one group there in Hebrews chapter 11. He has named all these people who finished the race. We've been having wonderful devotions together with Phil and Margaret every morning and sometimes in the afternoon. And we read from Hebrews 11. Then we talked about some of them. We went back and talked about Noah. I want you to think about Noah, who was righteous in his generation. How many others were righteous in their generation? Zip. Can you imagine that? He was called a herald of righteousness, and he was righteous by faith, we're told in Hebrews 11. He was a man of faith, and he believed God, and he, he, gave, he brought joy to God, and so God told him to make an ark. What's an ark? You know what an ark was. It's a really big boat. You know how big it was? It was 450 feet. It was 300 cubits. That is quite a bit bigger than a football field. And he told one man to make that. How long did he have? About 80 years? He's making this on dry ground. Do you think anybody's, anybody's mocking him? I think every day. I suspect every day. You are a crazy man. Where's the water going to come from? You wait. It's coming. Oh, like fun. He had 80 years of, or, or 100 years. He was 500 years old when he had his three sons, and he was 600 years when he went in the ark. There was 100 years. Most of that was building the ark. And he had ridicule throughout that time, all the time, probably every day, until he got in the ark. The rain started, it rained for 40 days. Can you picture people now saying, he was right? And screaming and trying to get in the ark, and they're kept out of the ark, and he was saved because he trusted in God. So those are the kinds of people that we think about now as we're running our race. Let's think about Noah. Let's be tough in the face of opposition. Let's not melt under opposition. Let's be tough. Think about Abraham. Think about Jephthah. Think about Rahab. They ran a good race. And so that helps us. I also want to think about people that have recently run a race. I brought two of them with me. I have two pictures hanging in my study. And they're pictures of my father. This is my father. He ran a good race. Two weeks before he died, I said, Dad, do you have anything left to do? And he says, no. I've done what I was supposed to do. I thought, what a good way to finish a race. Yeah. Knowing that you don't have any unfinished business, I'm telling you, finish what you need to do. Finish what God gives you to do so you don't have any unfinished business. You want to hit that tape running and confident that you're finishing the race and you don't have anything to do. 
I'm thankful. I look at this picture, it encourages me because he was a gentle man. He was a God lover, a people lover. He loved people. He was known for that, for loving people. So I'm very grateful for him. Next time, uh, Paul's mother was an incredible woman, and my mom and dad knew her. Anne, she lived uh, with a, a terrible ailment where she couldn't talk clearly, and she had had cancer. But she just kept on, kept on, kept on, and she had the most wonderful um, countenance. She did shine God's love. And, and together, of course, they ran the race. But I, I just, um, sorry, I didn't tell you beforehand. No. That, she uh, ran a great race. She just she was Suffered a lot, and yet she didn't, never complained. Never, never complained. complained. She was just full yeah. of grace, as her name uh, is means yeah. grace. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. The second picture I have in my study is that of my mentor, Larry Christensen. He took me on when I left seminary. He took me on as an intern, and I spent then 25 years at that church. So I'm very grateful, and I, uh, I don't talk to them. Well, sometimes I do. <laughs> but I, I, I usually I talk to the Lord about them. But I'm thankful for people who have finished the race. What I'd like to do you to do with paper as you're thinking about it today, as you think about it, think of the people in the scripture that would encourage you. Noah's encouraging me these days because I see what he went through and how he, he really ran a good race in spite of the hardship. It was very hard. Don't tell him it's a picnic. Don't talk to him about the party. It wasn't a party. It was hard. And he endured. And now he's really happy he did. And so think of people that you can remember from the scripture and then in your life that can encourage you. That's the first thing. We remember those who finished. Second, we remove the weights. That's the second thing we do. I have weights. These are weights in my room. I use these weights. I work out with these weights. But when I run, I remove the weights. Now, the writer of Hebrews talks about weights and sin. So there are apparently some weights that aren't sin. Can you, any of you think of what that could be, weights? A life that's encumbered, a busy schedule, of a stress. pardon? Job stress. Job stress. Yes, lots of people have that. A cause that's kind of out of balance. It may not be sin, but or overwork, spending too much time. Do you have any weights in your life? I'm asking you now. I'm wanting you to write that down. If you have weights in your life, is there anything that needs to go? Anything that you need to get rid of, what I'm hoping is that we'll have time to get in small groups after the service 
and talk together because I'd like us to see if we can point out in our own lives where there may be weights that we need to deal with that are keeping us from running a good race. Well, it could be some burdens too that. Uh, Thank you. That's a very good example. A burden that we hold on to and maybe don't give to the Lord. Maybe. Is worrying considered sin or lack of faith considered sin? I'd, I'd put worry in the sin category. Yeah. Yeah. Worry where we're not trusting in the Lord. I'd put that. So we need to deal with weights and we need to deal with sin. Okay. I'm looking at you now. There's sin in your life that needs to be dealt with. There's sin that we've got to deal with. I've got sin that I need to, to deal with. Call it sin if it's sin. And deal with it because you're running a race. And you don't want to be encumbered. You don't, you don't want weights and sin to hold you back. It makes it very difficult to run a good race if you have sin. Yes. Sitting right here would often tell us as kids, the good is the enemy of the best. Mm. The good is the enemy of the best. And I'll let you take that from there. Now. Very good things you're doing if they're, if they're the enemy of the best, then they're a weight to us, and we have to, we have to deal with them. Yeah, so, so really be thinking about this now, things in your life that aren't sin, but you need to deal with, that could be weights in your life. Yeah, Ruth. I always wondered about that. I never, one just came to mind, though, is a weight of regret. Like, maybe we really have regrets over past failures. The Lord, in this last year, has shown me a lot of failures, and I, especially with my kids, and I've gone to them to ask forgiveness and to ask them to show me what what more is there that I don't know about. And um, so that's I think maybe that's part of the process of laying aside regrets is to have a clear conscience to do your best to ask forgiveness, but then, like, don't let your heart keep being weighed down by that sorrow of your regret because now we got to keep going and there's a joy ahead thank you thank you regret I've written about that and I'll send it to you if you need some help on that one because I've, I've noticed how stale the emotion of regret is it it needs to be pushed into repentance where you repent of something regretting is a stale passive emotion that is like cancer in the soul and it keeps you from running a good race Thank you very much. So we, we remove the weight, secondly. Third, we run the race with endurance, looking unto Jesus. So the third thing is we run the race. And there are two things that he says about running the race. He says, first, it requires endurance. Now, I'm just asking you, would you say in your Christian life you have endurance? 
I'm just asking the question. You may say, yes, I, I think I do. That's wonderful if you do. How do you build up endurance? Well, in running, you do it by just running more. Just keep running. Just keep running. Working out, you build up endurance. Tests. I thank God almost every day for tests and trials and, and obstacles. I, I, I do it because I want to learn how to do it. And so I thank him for tests because tests are very good. Tests help me to run a good race. This is a test. I'm testing myself. I'm working out. I'm building up my muscles so that I'm ready to pass those tests that come at me. Tests are good things. So if the tests come, count it all joy when you encounter various tests. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, endurance. It produces something wonderful. Something is needed. A test helps you. I was speaking over at Concordia. You just spoke over there last week. And I started my talk this way. I got down like this, and I said, now everybody get down. Everybody, all the students, all of you. Yes, all of you. And they, they, they didn't believe me at first, but finally I said, I'm waiting. Everybody get down in this position. And so finally all of them did. There you go. And then I began talking to them. I talked to them about Moses who accepted affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a moment. In other words, you take, you take the hardship, short-term pain means long-term gain. If you accept the hardship, I said, this isn't easy, is it? And I'm talking to him as I'm doing this plank. It's not easy. But if you keep doing it and you endure, it will bring long-term gain. I said, you can sleep with your, your friend down the row if you want to. It'll bring pleasure. The Bible says sin is pleasure, but it fleets. It's just for a moment. Long-term pain, short-term gain is long-term pain. And as I did, one by one, they were peeling off, going back to their seats, because it was bringing pain. And they don't want pain, so they want to go back to their seats. So I, I'm looking over at the football players, because I'm, I know where they sit. And I'm waiting for them. And uh, I talked for about four minutes. And then they finally, they peeled off. And I said, uh, it hurts, doesn't it? It's painful. But if you accept the pain, it's going to bring you long-term gain. You got the point? Yes, yes, you got the point. Okay. <laughs> Another five minutes or so. Do I do of those ever at home? Uh, yes. How too, often? Too many, in my opinion. <laughs> Why? Why do I take that pain? Because I want the gain. That's why. That's, that's literally why. It's not that I want to preach it. It's that I want to live it. 
I want to have long-term gain, so I can. <laughs> yeah, I should have done that. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So there are two things about the race. It requires endurance, and the race that is set before you. Steve, I can't run your race, and you can't run my race. Listen, grace is personal, and it's non-transferable. Say that. Grace is personal and not transferable. I don't have grace for what you're going through, but you do. You have grace for what you need, but I can't take it for you. You can't take it from me. You have grace for your race. You have grace to run a good race. And you can't transfer that to anybody else, and they can't transfer it to you. So. You don't have to compare yourself with anybody else. I don't have what you've got. I can't do what you do. You've got grace to do it. And so go ahead and do it. Go ahead and run your race. Go ahead and excel. Go ahead and finish. Run a great race. It's an endurance run. It's a marathon. Keep running. Run your race. You've got grace for it. And the final thing is thank you. We look to Jesus. Why? Because he ran a good race. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the, where was the joy? It was set before him. It wasn't a joy at the time. It wasn't a picnic. It wasn't a party. It was an endurance run for the joy set before him. He endured. He didn't enjoy. He endured. Come on, people. We need to endure. We need to quit complaining. We need to endure. Please. Come up here, Paul. It's on. The part of that verse that's so powerful is um, Jesus was the second Adam. So what he did on the cross was he displayed the image that God had in his heart for us at the beginning of creation. Jesus was the perfecter of our faith, meaning that he was the express image of not only God the Father in the flesh, but also what God intended for man in the flesh. And that's what he accomplished. So yes, it's our race and we have to run it. But what the race that Jesus shared with us is, this is what I intended for man to look like in the garden, was Jesus. That's God's destiny for us. So it's not a race unto masochism. It's not just, oh, I want you to learn how to suffer. It's a race unto the perfected beauty that God put in our hearts, yeah. that God destined for us, and that's what he's called us to, right? Yeah. So the joy set before him was, yes, seated at the right hand with the Father, but it was an equally yoked bride. It was you sitting next to him, ruling and reigning as heirs to the throne. You're co-heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. So the joy set before him wasn't just, oh, 
I'm back with my father and I did what he called me to do, it was that you and him and us can sit together. Because what Jesus meant was, hey, I want to show you the very image of what I intended for you to be with me in the Garden of Eden and in the New Jerusalem, because we're co-heirs. We're doing this together. We're partnering together. So that's really important because that motivates us to say yes when it's hard. That motivates us and gives us that vision, and that's what Hosea meant when he said, without vision, people perish. The vision is that we're joined with Christ, and we're going to do exactly what he did. We're going to run the race together. Amen. Amen. I liked her amen. Yes. Did you say amen to that? Yeah. So uh, I think think we just finished the sermon. That was a great conclusion. So I want you to pray for us. Kathy? Hundred percent. One hundred percent. That's what. So the question was: Is the race ultimately to make us look like Christ and to make us like not just look but like Christ to walk it out? And the answer is a hundred and fifty percent yes. That's what you were called for. It's not to do a good ministry. That's part of it. But you don't. You're, we're not all called to do a good ministry. But we're all called of the Father to carry it out. And so, yes, you're running the race because it's unto perfected beauty. It's perfected love. And that, that's what you're called to do. And, and everyone can do that. A child can do that. He, can, he or she can look like Jesus. So, Paul, close for us in prayer, would you? Father, we just we thank you for the tests. And we thank you that you're a good teacher. And even if we don't pass it the first time, you let us take it again. That's your mercy. That's your kindness that you give us a second, a third, a 70 times 7 chance. So, Father, we even now we ask you for grace to look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith, because we know at the end of the story we're coming up out of the wilderness leaning on our beloved. We're leaning on you and trusting you because we know we're going to look like you when this is all said and done, that we know not what we are today, but we know that when we see you, we will be like you. So we ask you for that vision, Father. We ask you that in those moments of trial and tribulation, and when the enemy sets us aside and this shall, say, says this shall not happen to you, that we say no. Let it be done. Your will on, on earth as it is in heaven, because we want to look like you, Father. We want to walk with you. We want to be your bride. We want to be your children. And so we ask you, even now, for those who may be going through this today, we ask you for peace in their inner man because they know that it's not just cruelty, but it's your tender love. It's your compassion. You're the God of all comfort. And you're giving us grace to say yes, to pick up our cross so that we can look like you, so that we can be like you, because this is what a broken and dying world needs, and this is what our hearts need. We need Jesus. So we bless you. We thank you for this word, and we thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did you want to add anything to that? Yeah. Can you say God? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Paul. So you've got a piece of paper there. 
And what I'd like you to write down is if there are people in the Bible who encourage you, if there's one or two who really encourage you, and then think of those in your life, parents, siblings, friends, relatives, one or two, not anything long. And then, number two, I want you to think about it. Are there weights in my life? I think the fact that we talked about it now, God will reveal to you if there are some weights in your life that need to be dealt with. Do I have weights? Not sins. Are there some weights that need to be dealt with? That you need to look at in a different way? And are there sins that God is convicting you of? Are there sins in your life that you need to deal with? I'm very sad when I read 2 Timothy 4 because Demas was listed among the apostles. He was in the apostolic band. He was with Paul. He was a teammate. He wasn't a, a newbie. He was a mature person who traveled with Paul, and he's commended in two different letters, Philemon and Colossians. But he, he ran a terrible race. He left. It could happen. It could happen right here to one of you, I'm sad to say. That's why we have to deal with the sin, the weights and the sin. So you write that down. You're going to share it with somebody, hopefully. Then the third thing is we think about our race, that it's an endurance run, and that it's grace for us. And you may want to just say, thank you, God, that you give me grace for this situation. It's, a not, it's not an easy one, but you give me grace for this. And then four, focus on Jesus. So after the benediction, then if you can take a, a few minutes to do that, and then find somebody else or a group, and uh, if you're comfortable doing that, just share it with somebody else. Okay? Good deal. Nate, did you have anything else? Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak the words of the benediction over you. And just so you remember, the benediction is not our way of finishing a service. Our benediction is receiving the blessing and the very character of God. We, we receive something. We take it in. So you may want to take it in. Sometimes I encourage people just to hold their hands out so that they're really taking it. He's putting his character on us. He's giving us something. And so I say to you today, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be, there it is, gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor. I can hardly think of anything more wonderful than that. Mary found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Look upon you with favor. And what does it bring about? And grant you his peace. May you walk in peace this week. May you know what it is in the midst of a world that is tearing itself apart. In the midst of a world that is struggling, we don't have answers. We don't no answers on earth. There's no ultimate answers for this. Answers, are, of course, in heaven. And give you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.